Thank you for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. My name is Billy Newman, and I'm here today with Marina Hansen. How are you doing, Marina? Hey, Billy. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Cool. Thanks for doing a, a little quick recording for the podcast this week. I, um, I was thinking about, um, we just got all our film back. Thanks so much for going out and getting this stuff developed, this, or I guess the last couple of days. Yeah, no problem. I'm really happy that we were able to find a place. We were able to get it developed here in town. Yeah, working with uh, Dot Dotsons. And I've heard of them for a long time around Eugene. I've heard a couple of people. I think one of our lenses came from there. Yeah, they're the the um, shop when you go in is uh, like a camera parts store. Yeah. And then in the back section, there's, uh, there's the area where they do all the developing and the scanning and prints and stuff. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool that they... Well, I'm glad that we found somewhere that can do the film development that we're looking for. And it's cool. We got, so we got, uh, I think four rolls done. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we got our four, four rolls of film done. Um, and I think it's a lot of the film that we shot over the past, what was it since, uh, the end of October. That's when mine, I think starts. So I, I think the last roll of film I developed was at the end of October. And so I have a lot of stuff from November and December, a lot of stuff through Christmas. Yeah. I was noticing that on my roll. Lots, yeah, it's cool. I got to see some of those pictures, there. some cool stuff of like the Christmas tree and um, just kind of the way that we had everything going yeah. around that time. That was cool. And like, um, like the trip to the coast that we made, I think back in like, what was it? Early December, November? Yeah, I think so. I think right yeah, around there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we made that trip down. We stopped uh, in like what, Coos Bay, Brook or Coos Bay Bandon area. Yeah. For lunch. And then, uh, yeah, went back in. So there's like photos of that and like part of the trip that we had up until that point. I think those are on there. So that'd be cool to get back to and go and see. But there might be a lot of stuff on my rolls that's really not that inspired, I think, over the last little period of time. I think I saw some fun ones on there. There's some pretty cool ones. I think there's some cool ones uh, from the last uh, couple of weeks, too. But yeah, there are a few on there that I really liked. I'm yeah, excited cool. to scan. Yeah. So I want to try and start scanning those with you um, like tomorrow and then uh, a little bit this weekend too. We should go ahead. Yeah. And we'll try and we'll get the, the film scanner set back up or you just, right. just kind of go on again. The and product, software. Yeah. yeah. We'll get the software going. So it's on the computer. Everything's working right now. The tough thing about Silverfast, this, uh, the scanning software that we use for the negatives is you really have to like tune it each time you scan the photo, you have to kind of make all these adjustments to it, which adjust how the photo is going to be scanned. And it really makes all the difference in, in the way it looks, or, you know, like if it, it looks does. like the picture you want it to, or if it looks good. And there's a couple auto settings, but they always seem to kind of get a few parts of it wrong. Yeah, that's so, true. But, uh, but yeah, we should, we should dial that in and then uh, we should just kind of go try and churn through these over the next couple of days. Yeah. Get as many scans in as we can. It's a tough thing because that's a tough part about doing the film thing. Maybe the hardest part is just the, the kind of manual concentration that it takes to get each thing, each scan made, filed, numbered correctly, and then like added into Lightroom later. It's so much more work than it is just to hit, you know, file import from an SD card or something. Yeah. Yeah. It is a time consuming project. But it's fun, yeah. and oh, yeah. we're gonna have to trim our film since uh, I forgot oh, yeah. to ask for them to do it for me. We should me. see if uh, if that that darkroom kit had like a film trimmer. Oh yeah, actually, I feel like there are a few cutting types yeah, of tools. There are. Box. I think there are a few we negative processing tools that are there. 
which would be cool. We should check it out. Yeah. See if there's uh, <laughs> if there's anything we can use in there. Yeah. yeah I think uh, we kind of, we got this big box of, um, of old darkroom equipment. Some hobbyists back in the seventies had purchased it and then had it around. It was like really old. Um, oh, what's that? What's the chemical called? Oh, Shoot, I, don't I can't know. remember. Yeah. But, uh, but just like all these really old chemicals in there. Ugh. It was kind of freaky stuff that hadn't really been paid attention to. And it was sort of, uh, sort of pushed off onto me at one point cause I like pictures. So now I've got it. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that, that we probably, um, just kind of ransack through and, and pull out all the good stuff. We'll keep that. And then we'll kind of, we'll get rid of all those funky chemicals and, you know, just little dipping trays or whatever it was that we're <laughs> supposed to try and uh, put developer in. Um, but a uh, oh, fixer, is that what it was called? I think that was the term for oh, it. It was like this, this nasty, yeah. stinky chemical fixer. It's was, was weird. I think that is what one of the caps said. Yeah, but yeah, it's all those darkroom solutions for black and white photography is weird. I'm, I'm in a lot of ways, I'm glad that we don't have to deal with darkroom stuff. It'd be fun in some ways. It'd be mm-hmm. cool to be able to do that in one of our closets, but it really wouldn't be that fun for under thousands of dollars, you know, yeah, for, for all the headache that it, that it kind of turns into being to kind of manage and upkeep and process all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, it's work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, and you know, I'm complaining about a little scanner. Maybe a scan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so silly. Develop this film, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Just jump in the closet, try and figure it out. That, I did it only a couple times in high school. And it was a fun time. It was cool. I just, I didn't really do it enough to get good at it. And then now that, I mean, I guess I really don't care about the negative development process that that much. Yeah. It's okay for me to not, to not do if I don't have to. I wish that I, I have, I've never done any darkroom stuff. I wish that I'd had the experience just to know, but it's not something I'm really interested in doing for all my photos. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like along with the hassle of the work of it, it also seems like just dealing with those chemicals would be a pretty bad time. Yeah. I don't uh, really want to be yeah. around that. Yeah. Long term. I think, very long. I think I've been told it's not very good for you. And then you're always in close quarters with no ventilation and it's always, right. it's just way too many fumes and it's, uh, it's hard to do now because it's not popular. There's no hobbyist community of people that are trying to support this. There's no mm-hmm. way to really get a hold of things. It's kind of like if you're doing, I mean, I guess the only reason you would do it is if you're, you're just kind of an or eccentric hobbyist who's trying to find something, uh, you know, kind of peculiar to do. And you want to order a bunch of stuff off of eBay every few weeks to try and keep your, uh, your big collection of stuff going. But I wouldn't really get into it. If uh, the only way I would, I would try and get more into it is if I had already been doing it. You know, if I had grown up a few decades earlier and had done a lot of darkroom stuff or that's what I've wanted to be in, then, then maybe, but man, now, I don't know. I don't think I could do it. Yeah, too much for me. Too much. But um, I was thinking, though, with this, and, like, we see a lot of these pictures are, and it's cool. And what I like about just, like, taking a roll of film is just kind of all the fun, candid pictures you take. But I want to try and do more stuff where we really get to go out and we get to, like, kind of have more structured events to photo, or not events to photograph, but just, just cool things to get pictures of, cool kind of event, or not adventures, but just sort of creative things that we can go on and get different pictures, get different experiences kind of captured. I think we did a lot of really cool work in 2015. I'm looking at this board, all the stuff that we did, a lot of fun stuff. A lot of my favorite pictures that have come out are all from this past year and from doing all the film stuff. But I want to do a lot of trips with you 
from here on out through the winter and then really especially starting in March in the spring and then going on into the summertime. I really want to try and work it, at it, you know, as, as like a job to go on some kind of adventure. Me too. Uh, and um, I know, I think I'd, I'd only barely mentioned it on the podcast. I think I maybe did once, but I think we talked a lot more about like Night Sky as a project. This other project that I want to do and what we're already working on is, uh, is like this documentary video about Eastern Oregon and about like the Native American populations that lived over there. That's I right. think it's going to be really fun to start doing. And uh, I know that we've been kind of like brainstorming about that a little bit. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, I guess, just like some of the ideas that we have for it or some of the things we're going to get to do uh, once we start kind of ramping up for that. Yeah, I'm really excited to be uh, starting to head out in March. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a plan right now. That's sort of the game plan. It's, uh, it's a, a little more of the paperwork and pre-production stuff right now. And then what we're going to start doing in March and then into like, especially in April and then like full speed in May, June, July is we'll get out to Eastern Oregon like every Saturday. We'll get out there and then we'll just be shooting video and then also shooting like a lot of photos to create footage for this documentary so that we can edit it together later. And so a lot of the assignments that we'll do, it'll be really fun. I think it'll be really easy. We'll just go out to Eastern Oregon. We'll find a cool spot to camp out and then uh, we'll have some kind of identified target for the time, you know, get video of this, you know, or whatever that is. And then probably a ton of the spontaneous stuff that we're going to get to find just uh, being out there more, or, you know, kind of trying to get more familiar with the area, going out there more frequently, understanding that, well, we're here right now, but we can come back in a week. I'm you know, really looking for, forward to that. Yeah. I think that's going to be a really cool part of this project and the way we get to work. Yeah. It'll be really cool to do. I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a blast to get out to Eastern Oregon that as much as possible, you know, for the next year. And, uh, and I think that'll give us a lot of opportunities to travel and take a lot of pictures. Like we'll have to cross the Cascades a lot. So we'll get yeah. of that. We'll have to go to all sorts of different areas, um, you know, into Eastern Oregon, into Southeastern Oregon near like, Malheur Lake and Harney Lake where all that craziness is going on at the wildlife refuge oh, where they have yeah. the big standoff. They're clearing everybody out now, now by the Steens. Um, but so hopefully that'll all, all that trouble will be, <laughs> be cleared out. There'll be, I mean, there's, there's what, like one person every hundred square miles out there. So I'm sure we could probably find a way around it, but, uh, probably. but, uh, but the, the South Eastern section of Oregon up through like the central Eastern section of Oregon from Bend to Burns. I want to try and explore yeah. that area a little bit. It's desolate out there. It's cool though. There's like, Oh, there's that observatory. out there. Oh yeah. We should go to that observatory. Yeah. Yeah. We should find a way to, we should contact those guys for our other stuff. Oh yeah. For the nice, nice guy stuff. stuff. Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be cool. But, uh, but we should also go out there a bunch and we should get like cool footage of just kind of the region or I think it'd be really fun and be good spots like to go that. to. But uh, I think like working on that, working on like a lot of, I want to do some aerial stuff this year. Yes. I'm not really sure how we're going to work it out yet, but I really want to try and do um, some drone footage or just kind of learn I more really about, um, do that. yeah, about doing aerial photography and aerial videography for this project that we're going to try and put together. I'm yeah. really excited to be working on that part of the project. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be really cool. I think it'll be cool too to start trying to do more video. Yes. I haven't done video in a long time, but I think that this type of video project will be maybe more fun to work on because like everything in the past has always been in 24 hours. We <laughs> yeah. have to have right. everything done sort of, sort of a thing. And uh, I think 
I'm hoping that this will be a more comfortable schedule to sort of do it on because we get to yeah. just go out. And then most of the process and the re- a big reason we're doing this is to have, you know, just have a, a cool, good experience. We get to go out to a lot of our favorite places and find like cool, new, interesting things and then learn about the history that's out there. And so really, I think it's just going to be cool as a start. It's just going to be a fun, cool, rewarding thing for us to get to do. I think so. And then I think too, it'll be a fun project to put together you know, and have, uh, have built. Yeah. I'm really excited for this project. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. I started looking around today for research stuff Oh yeah, and it's thin or <laughs> I mean, it's that type of thing where like you look around for other people. I mean, maybe in like the amateur realm, you know, you look around for other individuals that are out there that are kind of, they're talking about this, you know, or they're talking about like the native American history that's happened in an area and there's, there's lots of research out there, but all of the first things that come up are just like these hugely weird amateur oh. conjecture pieces that aren't really, they're just, or, you know, it's, it's just sort of, it's like that. It's like, it's what you would see on the internet back in like 1999 about right. what, yeah. you know, what would be around. It's, it's a lot of kind of goofy stuff that you sort of have to or just kind of disregard. But, uh, but yeah, I was going through a lot of that stuff today, like just a lot of the junk stuff, or it was just a lot of the pieces that you, you pull up and it is fine. It's, it's a professor, it's a real professor, but, but they just have sort of this known, this nonsense sort of don't say anything approach to whatever they're trying to identify. Mm -hmm. So there's no communication that happens in it. They don't get to any detail or any point to a story. There's just like no no part to it that's really interesting it's just sort of this weird kind of uh (laughs) there's like three of them that were all about them it was was something about like how their their relative or ancestor on some side oh one of those okay something about here yeah but but really it turned out to be a story that was super inconsequential that they didn't finish either I, i like worked through like three different things there's one that i checked out oh it was so silly it just ended up being about this guy who like left america to go to japan oh, well, and i was like well that wasn't about Indians. learned a lot about native american <laughs> yeah, history that wasn't about right there yeah he was yeah he was from oregon and he was like part native american in 1850 or so this is some period between when oregon was a territory not a state to a territory to a state it's like this 10-year period back in the 1850s we should learn about this too but they made the oregon territory in 1849 as like sort of the first, um, I think like you had to be a territory for, I think 10 years as sort of an establishment of building a civilization there, building out the homesteading stuff so that you could actually call it the United States. It would be settled land. And so they'd been settling it for a while, but I mean, it was like 1849 and then in 1859, they decided that Oregon was a state. And so there's like this 10 year period as it built up. Anyway, it was a story about this, uh, this person who, um, was I think maybe a Chinook from the Chinook tribe, but they ended up being the first Native American person to travel to Japan back in the 1850s. Some little story about that, but they didn't even get into huh. what it was cool about. Silly. I was going to say, that is actually kind of interesting, but yeah. they didn't even really talk about it. Bad storytelling, <laughs> I guess, the point um, of that story. But uh, hopefully uh, we have some time to kind of put together some cool yeah. stuff. And we have a couple cool ideas. I think a lot of it's going to be about um, like the anthropology part of it, but also about the anthropology artifacts that we can still find that are out in Eastern Oregon. Not really about like what we can go out. Well, 
things that we can go out and see today, but really just what, what are these remains and things look like of the civilization that kind of existed here prior to the United States? And like, what did that look like? How long did that go on for? What did they use? And the, I mean, we've been out in the desert plenty of times and seen um, like petroglyphs. Yeah, see, like, right. Petro and so like there's the stuff out in Utah, which is well identified and sort of earmarked as these cool petroglyphs. But there's also these other sites across Oregon there that are. do that same thing. Yeah, I've seen a handful of them. I don't know about too many more. They're really not spectacular art pieces, you know? It's yeah. it's tough because it's not as grandiose or as like expansive of a piece of communication as you'd want it to be. Like there's newspaper rock out in Canyonlands, Utah. I remember newspaper and it's, rock. It's up, it's high, you know, it's it's on this big, flat, wide sandstone wall and it's up, raised above, um, you know, like where you could really see it. I don't know how they got, they must have climbed up when they were, you know, kind of carving on it way back. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, just really big, expansive, maybe 30 feet wide piece that just has a ton of pictographs etched into the stone that's there. All sorts of things like wheels, snakes, or it's, I don't know, weird bugs or something, goats, yeah. rams that they'd hunt. That's there are all sorts of things. Yeah, it was cool. It was a lot of cool pieces of communication. A lot of the stuff in Oregon that I've seen so far seemed maybe more primitive than that. Or mm. I think just in a, in a way where there's really not as many people there or maybe it was a harsher climate or it just wasn't used as much but there's like a few pieces in some camps that uh but they're cool to see yeah that's that's really what i've noticed too i've only seen a, a couple yeah. in oregon here uh like i think heart mountain was really yeah. what i've seen the most of yeah it's like a lot Oregon. of and that's really just a couple things i think there's four-legged animal yeah i think there was like a maybe a lizard shape yeah it's like a little lizard type of thing on a rock yeah it was cool though yeah so it was i want cool. to go around i want to find things like that i think i've seen like the tp rings before oh yeah boulders that they move into place around this lake bed um so that i think the wind wouldn't blow or you know just kind of yeah. a permanent structure for their uh for their tent tps that were there but it's cool yeah so i want to try and find uh different places that have some sort of um historical impact you know across the united or, or across uh, oregon and I just want to try and research it and then find like a cool story that we can talk about um, from there or just like from some position of that. And I'm, I think it's cool to be pretty, I mean, I guess I want to have some surprises. Well, not surprises as much, but just like we'll hold a little bit back. But I want to talk about the whole pre-production stuff for the podcast mm -hmm. and for the little things that we put together too. I think it'll be cool. And like when we start going on our trips, we can just. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, have, have stuff to talk about from uh, from all the yeah yeah that'll be really cool yeah it will be pretty fun but um but yeah i think that wraps up most of the little stuff that i wanted to talk to you about and uh, it'll be cool I'm, I'm glad we're starting to do all this stuff for uh for the um for the documentary. documentary film yeah yeah really fun so we have to i guess make it a little more official now ramp it up it's almost february now i know i was realizing next monday is february yeah I went fast. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, January. Groundhog's Day. It's coming up. Whoa. Oh, man. Well, for this episode of the Billy Newman podcast, my name is Billy Newman, and I want to say thank you to Marina Hansen for co-hosting with me today. Thanks, Billy. No problem. And appreciate you guys listening. Talk to you guys again soon.